everyone. Welcome to Petite to Queen's Practical Wisdoms for Life podcast. I'm Liz, your host of today's show. I'm here with co-founders Lynn and Tina, as well as Director of Operations and Communications, Rachel. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. To begin our discussion, I will start with a quote. Writer Shannon Alder said, One of the greatest regrets in life is being what others would want you to be, rather than being yourself. Let's jump right into the first question. What does this statement mean to you? Rachel, would you like to start? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Liz. You know, I I actually don't love this quote. Um, I think what it's trying to say is largely accurate. Um, the, the notion that you'll live a happier and more fulfilled life if you live authentically and are honest with yourself. But the reason I don't like platitudes like this very much is because they just make it sound so easy. And they don't bring in all the, like, they don't consider the context that you might live in. Um, when I read this quote, I immediately thought of it from an LGBT standpoint. And for a lot of LGBT people, especially trans, it's not always, you know, safe or feasible to be yourself. Some people uh, are, would be in actual danger um, if they were to be their most authentic selves. And then in other cases, not necessary from an LG, LGBT um, standpoint, you just don't have the resources to be able to, to live that honest life. And then another thing about this, this quote is that, um, you know, I've heard a lot of people hide behind, oh, oh you know, that's just who I am when they're, they're not very nice. And, you know, being being yourself doesn't mean being a jerk. But the way, and those are just all my initial negative reactions, and then I had to look at it from a different perspective. And so what I want this quote to mean, and what I will read it as saying is, you know, be honest with yourself and try to be your best self. And if you live by those two, um, those two rules, then I think you will live. A, a far more fulfilled life than if you were just trying to conform with what other people wanted you to be. Um, Lynn, what's your take on it? Okay, well, I guess mine is uh, a, a, a different perspective because I really like this quote. Um, you know, to me, it means to be true to yourself, your dreams and your ambitions, and not to allow others to dictate how you should live your life. And that includes, you know, your family and friends. And so I guess, you know, when I, I look at this quote, I, I think of a personal story. So <laughs> I'm going to share that where when I graduated from college, uh, which is really surprising, but my dad was disappointed that I had not found a husband during my four years as an undergraduate. So <laughs> and, and he could not understand why I wanted to pursue a graduate degree. So, you know, he expected me to get the, the MRS degree. And I know that sounds unbelievable. You know, this was back 30 years ago. Uh, but, but, you know, even then it was, it was crazy. And what was weird is that it, it, to me, it was like some kind of bizarre Stepford Wives warped view of the world. And, you know, if I had tried to please my dad and I had, um, uh, yeah, I would have been bitterly unhappy. Um, my life um, had to be lived on my terms. And those terms had nothing to do with getting 
finding a husband, getting a husband um, back in the day. And um, I wanted to stay true to what my dreams and ambitions were, what my values were, and where I wanted, I saw myself going and, and the path I wanted to pursue, which was my education. And that then in turn led to an, a, a wonderful uh, career. So when I see this quote, uh, that's what it speaks to me. And that when the time is right, like for me, when it, I was ready in my mid thirties, you know, I, I did meet someone and we've been together for 20 years and it and it, the foundation of that of our successful relationship is that I knew who I was I knew what my values were and I knew it was important to me and that I had done that I had stayed true to myself so and, and been authentic so that was a great point there Rachel about being authentic to yourself um, so that that's sort of my little story and, and Tina what about you what does this statement mean to you well, thanks, Lynn. I, I appreciate what both you and Rachel had to say on this. Um, and I, I, I do like the quote. I think that it, um, it talks to me about um, abandoning fear. It talks to me about uh, how we can, as individuals, that we can get trapped if, um, trying to please others as opposed to uh, listening to the, to the inner voice. So whether that be parents or teachers or or uh, friends, for that matter, um, if we're not if we're not listening to ourselves, but we're busy pleasing others, we kind of we, we we can lose ourselves. And there's a certain fear that's that's involved with that as well. Is if we're not if we're not doing what others think that we should be doing, uh, then are we going to lose their uh, their friendship? Or are we going to lose their um, their support. Um, so I think that this is, and, and going back, I think Rachel, to to what you had to say about be honest uh, with yourself and be your best self. I I do like that caricature of of this statement. There's a, a really there's a television advertisement on with um, it's a father and son and uh, a certain car line. Everyone in the family apparently has this legacy of, of driving the same type of automobile. And here this young man is going in to tell his father that he actually wants a different type of car. Now it's absolutely ridiculous to think about the angst that this poor kid is going through trying to tell his daddy wants, wants to drive a different type of car. But it, it speaks very well to this, to this statement that uh, you, you have to be what you want to be and, uh, and the worst thing would be to be to get all the way through your life and then realize that, that this isn't really what you wanted to be doing at all. Thanks. Well, that was really insightful. Thank you all for the feedback. I really like your different takes. Now, focusing on the latter part of the quote, being what others want you to be, my next question is, how do you push back against people and other forces that try to turn you into something that you're not? What do you think, Lynn? Oh, you know, this is something that I, I guess everybody has to find their own center for this. And, you know, since I've been in junior high, um, I've had a sense of myself that if anyone ridiculed me or gave me a hard time or tried to force me into doing something that I didn't want to do. So I, I would have a sort of a flip response of, oh yeah, you betcha, you know, and just carry on doing my own thing. Or, 
you know, a classic that Tina will particularly remember when I told somebody to bite me. <laughs> you know, not that that would necessarily be appropriate, but um, in that certain case, it, it was um, quite funny. Um, but, you know, what I've learned over the years is that, A, is that, you know, not to let people bait me into trying to force me into doing something that I don't want to do. Um, and uh, when I don't allow them to make me a target like that, then they, they just move on because they've already figured out that they can't move me in that way. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to listen um, or uh, really uh, appreciate and, and embrace some constructive criticism or insight uh, about some things or some advice about how I could do things differently. But certainly when you really stick to your core values and what's important to you, then that inner strength that you have that comes from your life experiences and the knowledge of who you are and your core values, um, it's it's much easier to stay true to your values and your beliefs. And you know that your family and friends are going to have your back um, because you are being authentic about who you are. So that would be, you know, my response is, that, you know, and yeah, it's absolutely difficult, but, you know, how can you respond and turn that away from yourself? And so, Tina, what do you think? Well, thanks, Lynn. I, I, my, my childhood was was um, quite a bit different than 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 your experience. I grew up being a a people pleaser. I grew up in a household that uh, was don't make waves. Um, be, be, uh, you can be seen but not heard. Children are to be seen and not heard. So I spent a good portion of my, even my young adult life, being sure that I was not making waves and that I was, I would just fit in, I would, I would go into the wall. Um, I would always be sure that I was, I was pleasing everyone else. And um, it, it, as I said, even as a young adult, I, I found myself doing that, whether it was taking particular courses in, in, uh, in school. Um, the type of people that I would be associated with, I I got along with all with everyone, um, and probably because I wanted to be friends with everybody, and uh, I was I was really trying to find myself. I didn't know I really didn't know who I was, and it took a professor of mine to bring to my attention that maybe I had my own opinion about something. And that uh, that's fine. That's what your parents say. That's what your grandparents say. That's what your friends say. But what do you say about this? And it just it was a shocking uh, encounter with this professor because um, I don't know that anyone had ever asked actually asked for my opinion before. And um, so I think you're right, Lent, for us to find our center and to be able to to stand up. To, to people. You can't stand up to someone if you're not standing for yourself, which goes back a little bit to what Rachel was saying earlier. Um, but I, once, once you find that center, and regardless of how long it takes you to find that, it is that, that core from which your own personal truth comes, 
and and then I think um, if we I'm thinking of the superheroes here with the forces of, of good and evil coming back and forth um, but I think once you once you find that center and once you realize that um, it, it's fine if you want to people please but do it with intention uh, and not um, and not because of fear and not because of fear of being judged and not because of fear of being um, uh, losing a friend or or having a parent be um, or a family member be disappointed. Rachel, how do you handle this? Well, I really like what both of you had to say. Um, Tina, your particular story about not making waves in your household, I just found really moving and it speaks to um, what I was thinking, which is that, which I, you already spoke to quite a bit, um, is that you have to know yourself before you can push back against these people and these forces because, I mean, it's hard to say that's not what I am when you don't know what you are, if that makes sense. So I, I agree with you that, that you really need to find yourself and you need to find a way to find yourself, trying new things and, and listening to yourself and being as honest as you can with yourself about whether you like things, I think is the first step to pushing back against people who are trying to force you into being something that you know you're not. But there was something that Lynn had mentioned that um, I also agree with, is, which is that my advice isn't really to just ignore these people either, because a lot of the time these are your friends or your family members, and they're trying to push you to be something that you're not, but they're doing it with good intentions, um, or they have some... In piece of insight that you don't have. So I would I would listen to what their underlying message is and, and trying to figure out what exactly it is that they truly want for you. But that's not to, at all to say that you should just do what they ask you, what they tell you to do. Don't become a doctor if you don't want to become a doctor. Instead, rise above that pressure and just go forth and do you and try new things as you need to. If you know what you like, follow that, hold on to that and you know pursue it with all your passion but also be pragmatic about it um, you can't just go forth guns blazing and be like that's not who I am and just you know, go wild and go without like having knowing where you want to go but not having a path on how you, you're gonna get there especially if you're in a situation where if you just went wild like that you would be thrown out and um, lose a large part of your support I would always be pragmatic, but always do go passionately towards who you are. Um, and if you are in a situation um, where it's bad, where um, they're not just trying to influence you to be a particular way, but they're practically forcing you, then I don't have great advice about what to do in that situation, but try to get out as soon as you can. Um, continue to develop yourself privately. Don't ever let go of that light within you. and then as soon as you can get out and follow that path. Thank you everyone. Um, that was a wonderful exchange and that leads us to my next question. What are the limitations or consequences to being yourself? Is, is there a time um, and a place to just conform? Tina, would you like to begin? Yeah, thanks Liz. Oh, I, Rachel, I'm going to piggyback on kind of a little bit about this is a great segue to what you were what you were discussing here on the last question. Um, you know, we 
as we go through life, I think you know it's always important, and they say, "Oh, find what you like and find what you you love, and you'll be happy." And I think it's just as important to find out what you don't like, what you don't want to do, because sometimes that's a shorter way of finding finding your happiness is to just walk away from those things that that don't um, don't sit well with you, that don't that you don't enjoy doing. Um, and that goes for people as well. There are certain people that we know are not necessarily great influences on us and uh, and so it's it's good to know what you don't like as far as you know having limits on yourself or uh, when to conform and when not to conform that's really a personal uh, judgment call if someone is a is a, a cigarette smoker and they're in a room full of people that are non-smokers is it correct for them to light up if it's if it's permitted by law I don't know I don't I, I would think that that would be something that perhaps you would want to just conform and not like that cigarette in this room full of people maybe you could walk outside um, are there times when you want to make a statement and regardless of whether or not you're you're conforming to a to a norm is there a time and place where you you feel that um, that in order to be heard that you need to share one needs to share their true feelings uh, and not and not hide them I think that there's there are certain circumstances for for that debate class is a good place um, that was a joke so but I think that lim I don't think ever being yourself is limiting I think it's it's the conformity um, and and the restraints that we place on 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 ourselves to conform, that's that's what the where the limitation is, uh, and and that's a personal journey, where we where we know um, if the environment or the people are are the the right fit for us, so the right opportunity to express um, an opinion. I I say in in business that we want to stay away from to best we we can stay away from politics and religion, um, because you in in business I I think that that's a, a really slippery slope, um, but doesn't mean that that I wouldn't want to express my opinion with with my friends or or in another setting. So um, I think I'm all over the place on this one, but I I, I guess the bottom line for me is that. I, we, I don't think that we have any limitations on being ourselves. I think that we have to to decide when the the time and the place is right uh, to not be ourselves. Rachel, well, you know this this question reminds me of a conversation I had with my cousin several years back. When I was in high school, I was involved in the marching band. I was part of the color guard so we waved the flags and I was talking to her my cousin about you know how everyone has to look the same um, as far as possible and my cousin she said that she would never conform that way and she would wear bright colored socks or some other way to indicate that she was different and you know I was like well you know that's kinda not the point at all in fact that's completely contrary to the point of marching band so but when you're in marching band and you're all wearing the same uniforms, it's not as though you've 
just given up who you are and suddenly you're just a nameless, faceless trumpet player or whatever. And I think that this kind of goes in with what Tina was saying, where you're always yourself. It's You should never limit being yourself, but you know, there are different versions of yourself as well, depending on where you are and who you're with. And you know, you, you have to decide which parts of yourself you're going to show at any particular time. For example, if you're going to work, you can't necessarily dress the way that you would out on the street at work, depending on what your job is. But that doesn't mean you just have to don a black suit and just look like any nameless, faceless Jane Doe or anything like that. You can still put in your punches of colors and whatever would make you feel as if you're, you are being true to yourself. So I would never say, like, don't be yourself and just become one of the crowd, but also understand what you're trying to accomplish and always make sure that you are going towards that goal and that you never veer yourself off of your of your journey just because you're trying to be so stubbornly you to the max all the time. Um, but I also have to bring this back just briefly to also being safe. So if you're in a place where it's not safe for you to be um, to express parts of yourself, then your safety should always come first. So, um, and, and try to find a place where you can be safe and be yourself and be happy. Um, but always, always make sure that you know what your goal is. And if that's being safe or getting a project done or whatever, just make sure that you don't get your, in your own way. Lynn, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, I, I really agree with you know, what Tina said about it's a personal judgment call of when you conform and, and to what you just were speaking of, of versions of yourself. There's definitely times when you're going to conform in the sense of, you know, going to a, a funeral, you know, uh, and unless they've asked you to wear bright, vibrant floral colors, you know, you should, you know, stay with dark colors to show your respect. And so that's a place where, you know, you're going to sort of conform and do something that you wouldn't normally you wouldn't necessarily normally dress that way right so there are times that that's appropriate I think there's for me there was also sort of a defining moment when I was in junior high and I made the the de decision to sort of conform um, I had a new friend over and the very next day I was being I was the unfortunate recipient of a wave of ridicule because I still had dolls in my room and uh, in fact, I was uh, a huge Barbie fan. And um, yeah, I certainly did not like being teased. It was something, it was a new experience for me. So unlike Tina, when she was saying that she always was there to please people, and I certainly have that aspect of my character, which everyone can attest to. But I also had, my parents were really pretty supportive about being our own people and, and, uh, following our own path. And so I, I talked about what was going on and, uh, you know, they, they were, they wanted me to, um, come up with ideas. We, we talked about, uh, about the situation and about how that, uh, people who did this, who were, who were teasing me or ridiculing me often had, were masking their own insecurities. Um, so giving me a little bit better handle on, uh, on at least intellectually what was happening but at the end of the day they were like you know it's your call as to how you want to handle this so we bounced around a number of ideas and uh after several days i was still the 
the it girl, like the, the top of the news headline. It hadn't gone away. And so, you know, I decided that I did want to take action and I made a conscientious decision because I really sort of weighed, you know, my options here. And I went, you know what, here I am. I'm, you know, I'm in junior high, which is the equivalent of middle school, seventh grade. And maybe it is time for me to put my dolls away. And uh, so I invited this new friend, quote unquote, air quotes there, over again so she could see I'd put the dolls away. And and I knew that I was compromising in that sense. There was I was conforming to some kind of preconceived notion that at that age I shouldn't be playing with, quote unquote, dolls anymore, right? But I, I really knew that I was making that decision and that I also um, – didn't ever want to put myself in a position, to your point, Rachel, being sort of safe or whatever, that where I could be ridiculed again by people who weren't really my friends, you know. And so I needed to be more careful about about my uh, trust and and in uh, my choice of friends. And I learned really a lot about myself, about what my values were, um, about trust and and about peer pressure, and. You know, I, I can say that I was the last, the only, one and only time really that I allowed peer pressure to influence me that way. But I think because of, you know, my parents and my upbringing that I, I really did make a conscious choice to, to, to conform. And so um, I think that that's what you guys have all been talking about. It's like you the, the situation, any given situation, you're going to make that decision. And there's so many different factors that could, that will influence you. And, you know, when you're younger, you know, those, um, those pressures are going to be more intense because you're not as sure of yourself and who you are in that center and your authentic self. So you may uh, be a little bit more inclined to conform or to please others. So that would be uh, my take on this. And, and uh, the, the great input that, that uh, Tina, you, and, and Rachel had. Thanks. That was great. I so appreciate your different perspectives. And now I believe we have time for a question from Jessica in Defiance, Ohio. Jessica asks, I'm a lesbian from a conservative family. I haven't come out to my parents because I fear they will reject me. How can I find a way to be myself without losing my parents' support? Thank you, Jessica, for sharing your question with us. That's a really good question. Lynn, do you have any suggestions? Wow, this is a tough one. Um, so I, I guess first I would ask uh, uh, some questions back, you know, like, you know, are you living at home, you know, and are you dependent upon your parents? So, I mean, because that could play into um, your, what you decide to do and when you decide to do it. Um, uh, do your parents um, express their unconditional love for you? Um, have you been in a situation where you've already been able to see that tested in some other way so that you have that confidence in them? Uh, and sometimes it's in one parent over another that you can see that. Uh, have you had any other extended family members who've been accepted when they've followed their own path. So maybe if you're in a, a real conservative fa family, maybe they voted Democrat. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it could be any number of things, right? So I, I think first, you know, we'd need some more information on, on, you know, the best way to respond on this. But 
you know, I would certainly hope that you would have uh, the type of family situation where uh, your, you, you know, your parents are going to love you uh, no matter what, you know, I mean, there is that unconditional love and that, that bond and connection. And uh, maybe, you know, they won't agree, especially, you know, a, as you're saying, a conservative family, they may have some little heartburn over it. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to get used to it. They're going to get used to the change and they're going to be able to move forward. So that would be my my personal hope for you. Um, like I said, this is a, a really a really tough one. I mean, it's, it's sort of outside of my personal paradigm um, of how to best advise you. So um, I am going to kick it to Rachel and see if Rachel has some, some good advice. Well, Jessica, this is a, this is a really difficult question. Um, I think one of the, my least favorite things that I've ever heard in the situation of a child being different from what their parents expected is the parents saying that, you know, I didn't sign up for this. Well, they did. Of course they did. They signed up to have a straight child, a gay child, a disabled child, an able-bodied child, a child with a mental disorder. They signed up for all of that. And they signed up to love that child unconditionally when they decided to be a parent. So your parents did sign up to have you, Jessica. And Lynn already mentioned it, um, that it depends on your situation about what we would do. Um, obviously, there's no right answer. but it is important to know your living situation, so I don't know yours, but if it's, if it's a situation where you're dependent on your parents, that you live with them, that they pro provide all of your support, or at least a large portion of it, then you have to remember that the main thing is for you to always be safe. And if you are certain or have a high, I think it's a high percentage of a chance that they would throw you out, then I, what I would do, which is not necessarily the right thing to do, but what I would do is I would keep that part of myself to myself for a little while longer. But if you're independent um, and you live on your own and you pay for your own groceries and your own, bill, and your own bills and not everything like that, then I would, I would put the ball in their court at that point. And again, I don't have the right answer, so don't take my answers as gospel. But by not... You're saying, that, you're saying that they're conservative, and we don't know what kind of evidence you have um, of how they would respond, but you're taking the choice of how to respond away from them when by not telling them. Um, and you, I would, in that situation, um, give them a chance to, to choose how to respond um, and maybe prove you wrong, maybe you know, work it out, maybe struggle with it for a little while, and then realize that you know, you're their little girl and they're going to love you forever, or maybe, maybe not, unfortunately. Um, but I would, I think that this is really down to them and how they would respond. So what I might do in this situation, and of course I'm coming from a point where um, I've always had very loving and supportive parents. So again, I don't know, but I would, I would encourage you to give them that opportunity. And also, like when you're doing this um, and making this decision, I would really encourage you to um, make sure that you have a support group of, of friends and or maybe other family members or whomever that know who you are and know um, know this part about you, know that you're a lesbian, and make sure that 
they have your back and that if things go sideways with your parents that you will have people that you will always know will love you and I, I do hope that you have those people in your life. Tina, what are your thoughts on this difficult question? That is a difficult question. Thank you, Rachel, and thank you for your comments, uh, and Lynn as well. It's, uh, again, as, as each of you have, have uh, suggested to, to Jessica, is we, we don't have enough information here, um, but we probably have enough to understand that this is a, a, clearly a, a very difficult situation for, for you, uh, Jessica. And uh, this may be one of those times where you know when to conform or not to conform. If you do, if you um, you want to share with your with your family, but you may have already experienced uh, what you believe will be their their response to you because of of some other actions that they've taken. And this may be a time. Um, and again, I don't know as Lynn had had mentioned if you're living at home or if you if you are. Uh, relying upon them for financial support, if you are willing to, um, if it, if this is important for you to share with them, the consequences need to be owned by you as well. Though, if if their response is not to your liking, that's a it's it's a risk, uh, risk and reward. It'd be great to be able to uh, have that honest conversation with your with your parents. And have them respond positively or supportively, but the the other reality is that be prepared, as Rachel has said, in the event that the conversation does not go initially anyway doesn't go go that way that you have a support group there to uh, to help you. And many times there can be a an initial reaction that it, it could be shocking because your your family has no idea uh, and that they um, find it they don't want it to be a difficult road for you because it for for you to to explore for the rest of your life they would like for you to find an easy road and some some would say that this is not an easy path to uh, to to take I have a, a very good friend of mine he and I went to college together we'd been friends for over 20 years and um, we knew we're very very good friends and uh, he called me one day and he said you know I've had something on my mind and I just I really want to share with you and he went on to tell me that he was gay and I I listened because I knew he wanted to share this and and we we had this very long conversation I, I'm listening to him and uh, he said this is so difficult it's so difficult I said wait Richard, I, I thank you for telling me, but I know. I've I have I've I've known. And it was this aha moment, I think, where he thought he was that all of this was um a, a, would be a big surprise and a big shock and he was so concerned about what, what the reaction might be that and that just really took him back. And he said, Really? Do you think anybody else did? Uh, I said, well, when you have this conversation, um, I just take a measure of of, um, of what those reactions are. But it took him many, many years. I mean, I've known him 20 years. It took him all that time to be able to be comfortable enough with himself to share that unknown 
information. So I'm saying is that from a from a parent standpoint, uh, your parents may very well have an idea that um, uh, that you are or you're lesbian, um, and perhaps they are waiting for you to be comfortable enough with it to to share with them. But anyway, it, it, there is no easy answer on this. But I like like the idea of having a support group. I like the idea of of if this is truly something that you do want to share with them. Again, going back to one of the previous questions, know what you what you don't want as much as what you do want. And this may be one of those times, if particularly if if you have an extremely conservative family, that it's you give yourself permission to to not share it. And that would be my, um, but I would I would hope that you would whatever your decision, that understand that it's it's about you. It's not about your parents. It is about you. And if you if if you feel that it's an authentic, genuine expression of yourself to share this reality with your parents, then by all means. But understand what those consequences might be and be ready to. Um, to, to accept them and also be ready to have a long discussion. It, it may take them a while to, to come back around and, and to fully understand it. But I'm sure that your parents want the best for you and, and want uh, they want life to be as smooth sailing as possible for you. And that would be my two cents. Thanks, Tina. That was great advice. Thank you all for your ideas. Jessica, I hope some of these suggestions can help. Well, this concludes today's discussion. We want to thank all of our members and guests who joined us for today's podcast. Next week will be another terrific dialogue at Petite de Queen. If you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at jointheconversation at petitedequeen.com. 